Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Morning footy Euro 2024 qualifiers continue this week. And in Group C, here's a look at the table. England sitting on top with 19 points. They are already through, but Italy on 13 points. They need a win or a draw today in order to solidify their place in Germany next year. Here's a look at the matches today. North Macedonia hosts England at 2.45 p.m. on Fubo and Ukraine taking on Italy also at 2.45 on Fubo TV. For more on Group C action, we bring in our very good friend, Jeff Shreves. Hello, Jeff. How are you today? I am really good. Thank you, Susanna. And I can't wait for these games tonight. To be honest with you, I can't actually decide which one to try and catch. Obviously, I want to watch England, although um, they are qualified. They, they want to be a top seed, which is pretty much certain because of the goal difference. But the Ukraine versus Italy game is an absolute corker. It's not quite winner takes all because, of course, the losers could end up in the playoffs or will end up in the playoffs. But that is a real humdinger of a game, isn't it? It's set up superbly. Did you say humdinger? I love that. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm, I'm going to, I think we should bring it back. Jeff this is should a, be wearing a monocle. It is a humdinger of a game. <laughs> uh, but for Italy, so they, they need a win or a draw against Ukraine in order to qualify outright. Um, but that still doesn't, they can still, even if that doesn't happen, even if they lose, they can still make the playoffs. So, for Spalletti, how do you see him approaching this game? Is a draw good? Will he play for a draw? Is that good enough? What do you think his approach will be? Well, I think you've hit the nail right on the head there. And that potentially is the dangerous mentality. I don't know what the guys think. But when going into a game, you only have to avoid defeat. Then that is very, very difficult to approach it in the correct fashion. Are you on the front foot? Do you get the job done? Or... You play in a slightly reserved fashion, almost with the handbrake on. I mean, they talk about three potential changes. Probably Schumacher and Politano come in, and of course, Di Lorenzo, the right back, he was suspended, so he'll come back into the side. But I don't think it's about the personnel, it's about the way that Italy play. I mean, until last Friday, they hadn't been scoring many goals, but I think that just those five bring them a bit of confidence. And I think they're going into it, they'll feel. They, they can beat Ukraine, but it's how they approach the game. It's all about mentality, as it is indeed the Ukraine. They've got to do something they've never done before, which is beat Italy. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask a little bit about England just because they've already qualified. And I know, you know, Sarah uh, Gareth Southgate gets a lot of questions about 
the some of the decisions he's making with the lineup. Is this maybe an opportunity to get some of maybe some of the younger, some of the the less often seen names? Your Mark Gahey's, maybe a Fakayo Tomori, or maybe give a chance like uh, uh, Jordan Henderson, someone like that who's gone over to play in, in the Saudi league. Let him get a little bit of a run out, maybe his last time with the National League, um, what with the national team, I should say. What are your thoughts on who he's going to field? Well, it's, it's quite interesting that after the game uh, the other night against Malta, I went to the game at Wembley. On the one hand, you've got over 80,000 there for what is effectively a dead rubber, which is testimony to how much Gareth Southgate has lifted the nation's interest and mood surrounding the England team. But it was a poor, poor game. They just couldn't get going. It, was, it really was. It was a struggle to watch, never mind to play him. Um, so tonight, he, he's, he's saying that he's disappointed. There's been too much focus on the finals themselves. Now, if the results go their way this weekend, England could be ranked third highest in the world. And they've never been higher than that. He said, but he wants to go higher. So he's really trying to get the players to focus on the game tonight. You know, it's important not just the result, but the way they play. To your point with regards to who I think he'll give a run out to, well, his hand's kind of forced in a couple of places, Alexis, because they've had seven withdrawals from the squad so far for various reasons. I think Rico Lewis could get a run out at left-back, which is an interesting one because he's such a versatile player. He often plays in midfield for Manchester City. And with it just being a 23-man squad for the Euros next summer, his versatility could be one of the reasons for his inclusion in the squad. Uh, I think he'll carry on with the Trent Alexander-Arnold experiment in midfield tonight, maybe with Rice and Phillips alongside him. And then further forward, I think he'll probably give Jack Grealish a run out from the start as well. So... I don't think an experiment, but I think he wants to have a good look at players who could play a vital role in his plans. Jeff, what's the mood surrounding this England team? We experienced something similar uh, in CONCACAF with the U.S. men's national team when we don't beat an inferior opponent in a convincing way. There's so many questions raised. So for England, on the other hand, when you have these games against lower caliber opponents, going into a major tournament with only this game and then two more games in the other match window to, to be convincing. How is the English public taking this all in? He didn't get much flack the other night because he said, you know, he held his hand up. He said it just wasn't a great game by any standards whatsoever. But it's the continued results. It's the way he's taken England, where he's taken. He's taken them to quarterfinals. He's taken them to semifinals. He's taken them to the final of the Euro itself. So there's been a huge improvement in England under Gareth Southgate. And also, it's a very difficult thing to measure, but he's, he's made the, the squad much more inclusive. In, there, were, there were days England were under so much pressure that a lot of the players didn't enjoy playing for England. And you often hear the expression, under Gareth Southgate, that England shirt just feels a little bit lighter to wear. And the mood around the camp now is completely different from what it was previously. So there is real optimism. There's real belief. And when you look at the squad, there's huge amounts of talent there. You know, when he's looking, who's lost that out wide? Should I go Grealish? Should I go Foden? Should I go Rashford? You know, these are fantastic footballers, really at the top of their game. The one criticism of Southgate, if you like, is that perhaps he doesn't react quickly enough tactically in games, for instance, the Euro finals against Italy, where he should have changed it earlier, is a, a common theme of the critics. So there's great belief around the squad. There's great belief in the level of players and the talent. Now they've just got to deliver. Jeff, I'm, I'm curious, looking at the rest of the, the groups, 
Portugal and France continue to dominate. What are you more impressed with? The fact that Didier Deschamps has been able to stick with this French side and continue to get them to play at their best, winning 14-0 to Gibraltar. I know it's Gibraltar, but setting the record there. Or that Roberto Martinez has been able to get Portugal to play so dom in a dominant fashion and get the most out of Cristiano Ronaldo at his age. Two good points there. First and foremost, so you mentioned France's win there, 14 to 0. Now, we just talked about England not playing well and only beat Malta 2 0. Is France's result any more impressive, would you say? Or do people say, well, against minnows like that, it doesn't really mean anything? Let me put it back to you. I would say, yes, it is impressive because they were hungry to just continue to dominate and score goals where we've seen in the past, you go up 4-5-0, everyone pumps the brakes, just keep possession. This was, no, let's keep going. Let's keep attacking. And I think what was great about this was how the French attackers were pretty unselfish given that, you know, everyone could get on the score sheet. And it wasn't just, hey, Mbappe, I want to score 10. Or, you know, it was everyone was kind of sharing and, and getting in on the action. So I think that brings a group together as much as anything else. Yeah, okay. I'll, uh, you could argue maybe it was a bit of a turkey shoot. It was almost, okay, who wants to score next? But let's not be disrespectful to the opponents. To your other question, um, Roberto Martinez or Didier Deschamps? I think Roberto Martinez, and look, they've both done fantastically, but when you think Roberto Martinez was something of a surprise appointment for Portugal, and there were question marks about his appointment. Because again, in the eyes of some, he had squandered Belgium's so-called golden generation. Huge amount of talented players, and they just fell apart, didn't they, in Qatar? It just did not happen for them. So for him to come back in, to re-establish himself with a completely new nation, a new set of players, and have such an immediate impact, I think is hugely impressive. And they look like they really are as one and they are I know it's a bit of a football play show but they are playing for their manager they absolutely believe in his methods they believe in his way of playing and you can see the joy when they play you can see how much they enjoy playing for Portugal right now which is testimony to the coach Jeff I think <clears throat> since Thursday when we've had you on we've talked about every big team in Europe and their state including Italy a bit of Spain Germany, the hosts, France, England, of course. But you got to choose one and only one. Who is your favorite to win Euro 2024, as of now? Well, on one hand, if I say... <laughs> Are you so yeah, English that. that you're afraid to say England? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm so English, I'm afraid not to say England. It's the other way around. <laughs> It's coming home! <laughs> Start the song. <laughs> oh, no. Do, do you know, that, that song haunts England everywhere they go. It, it, that song is self-deprecating, and it talks about England's failures, yet it's viewed around the world as an arrogant song and actually riles the opposition. So that isn't a great help either for some reason. Um, it, it kind of got lost in translation, that one. I think you've got to say that England are there. They've got to be in the conversation because of their form and because of the way that they are playing under Gareth Southgate. But you'd be an absolute fool to write off any of the rest of those teams up on that graphic there. So, yes, my heart says England, and quite a lot of my head says England as well. Would I have copious amounts of money to back up? Uh, listen, it, even if I had the sort of money that you guys are earning, 
I wouldn't be putting <laughs> heavy money on England. And, and that is a lot of money, let's be honest. <laughs> Jeff, we really put you on the spot there. Nico, my goodness. I just, I'm, I'm curious. England is, is a good shout. I think France reinvents itself. If, if the question was posed to me, my immediate answer is, is France. I like how they reinvented themselves. You look at the 2018 team, wildly different from the team that made yeah. the World Cup final in 2022. And on top of that, they've even added new, fresh faces and yes. they found a way to stay competitive. And no one's going to mention the hosts? Oh, okay. Germany? Not right now, not, not convincing right now. No? Considering okay. that the way that they fair. played. That's fair. Do you think that they're... Uh, I think the, I think the they're home... They're at that level? Yeah. I think they can put it together. They've got an incredible amount of talent. Same thing I'd say about England. A ton of talent. Can they put it together? Uh, I don't think they're I could see, I don't I could see Germany that. galvanizing around this team. I don't think they're at, at that tier. You can, make, uh. you, can make a case, you can make a case for any of one of those six Make teams. a case for Gibraltar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a suitcase, maybe. Oh, nice. Late, Jeff. Kids got bits. <laughs> uh, Jeff, we appreciate you rolling with us this morning. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. My pleasure as always. See you guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Italy are taking on Ukraine. And if you are looking for more on Ukraine and the country's domestic team, Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, you can head to Paramount Plus, where the documentary Football Must Go On focuses on their journey to play in the UEFA Champions League last season. Lots more to come on Morning Footy after a short break. Stay with us. Continuing our chat on the Euro 2024 qualifiers. 17 teams now have now punched their ticket to Germany next year. Here's a look at those qualifying countries. Um, Hungary, one of the latest teams to clinch. They beat Montenegro this weekend. And Liverpool, they have a real shot. They have a real shot. You know why? Because that was well played, Nico. Can we see? The image of uh, Dominic. Oh, we have it. Schobuschlei. <laughs> that is not a shot. That's like three, That's four ounces of alcohol. Lot. What is, what kind of alcohol at, is said, that? Oof. I gotta be yeah, honest, that one's anything stung. they put that in that little bottle down. can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> anything they get put in a little bottle like that. <laughs> right, uh, that's a lot. As soon as it comes out, it's like, oh. 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 <laughs> And That's after so a game, relatable. you know, it goes right into the system. Yeah, he probably sounded like Leonard Maloney after that. He's like, oh, thank you so much for the shot. <laughs> I, That's – he was a champ. That, that was like a double shot. I, like, I take a shot and it's like, whoa, like this is much more visceral reaction to – it's like when you guys drink mate for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me like him even impressive. more. Yeah. Gosh. Euro qualifier is going well for Liverpool players. He's doing great, though. He's a captain. They're unbeaten in their qualifying. They're unbeaten in the mm-hmm. last 12. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Hungry. Don't look now. Shout Don't look now. Yeah, um, well, unfortunately, though, for, for some teams, um, we keep talking about that injury bug. <laughs> and there have been a few more notable injuries that have occurred during the Euro qualifiers. Um, here's a list of some of the notable injuries, including Kamavinga, Erling Holland. Marcus Rashford, Gavi, and then uh, the 17-year-old from PSG, Warren Zaire Emery, um, who unfortunately, Charlie, this was heartbreaking. He scores in that 14-0 thrashing of Gibraltar and his first international goal, but he gets injured on the goal and he can't even celebrate. Uh, my heart goes out to My heart goes out to my man. Oh. He scored a golazo. And in the process, a red card challenge on his ankle, Oof. and his ankle looked like it took a brutal beating because the studs were exposed and you could see the roll and he's on the ground 
back on the ground. His teammates are coming to celebrate. You know he wants to celebrate. Do everything in his power to get up and score, to, to celebrate his first ever international goal with the French first team, youngest player to ever do it. And he can't. He's just like, I'm in too much pain. But um, when you talk about a performance, I know it's Gibraltar and the, the right back looked like a, a college professor in his 50s, right? So. <laughs> Take, he might actually be wholesome. But the the type of goals, Mbappe scoring from half field, uh, Giroud coming in and scoring a bike, but also a, a, a great left-footed finish. Um, I, I wrote him at, today, this morning, I said, it's incredible that you can produce these type of goals at this stage in your career, going in at Ace Milan, playing goalkeeper, playing at the highest level when five years ago we were talking about him coming to MLS. And being too old already for Europe. It's incredible. I mean, you have to, first of all, Zaire Emery is 17 years old. It's, li it's listed as being back in early January, which is rough to miss two months. But he's young. You hope he can bounce back and come back as the same player he was and continue to develop because he's looking like an absolute superstar. I don't know what Claire Fontaine is doing, but you're, you're clearly well, they've green. been doing it. I mean, they've been doing it, but yeah. they're clearly, it's a machine out there. That said, if we're going to give Trinidad and Tobago. I, I think you can take what you're saying into you. context. On its own, but also... Yeah, I mean, Gibraltar, is a, it's a rock. We're talking about a rock there, in the middle Chuck, of the ocean. Imagine it's 32,000 people. Stanford is three times and more the size of Gibraltar. We can get 11 soccer players in, and here from high school and stuff like that and, and find an 11 that can compete against Gibraltar here in, in, in Stanford. And then I go back, I just go back to before the World Cup. You put me at right back. <laughs> I, I, I go back to the World Cup and think of Mbappe saying, talking about South American football and saying, oh, European football is so far beyond and more competitive. And I see these type of results. I take the worst team in South America. Let's call it Bolivia. Peru. Peru. Let's call it Venezuela because they've never qualified to the World Cup. Every other Ooh, team has qualified to the World Cup. They're right Not now. Not now. Historically the worst team. Yeah, but and do I it right compare. now. Okay, fine. Bolivia. Bolivia doesn't, you can't even talk about in the same conversation Bolivia with Gibraltar. Bolivia would tear Gibraltar apart. And, and the adverse conditions in where you need to go and, and, and play in La Paz. Like, come on. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't even compare the disrespect of, of that statement that Mbappe said before, uh, before the World Cup. Comparing, they're saying that it was Brazil, Argentina, and, and those are the only two teams. I feel like Mbappe's texting us right now. Is he? Who's dinging us? Is it me? I think there. it's me. <laughs> It's coming from my Is that your mother? She's like, you better hold me It's It's my face from Gibraltar. I think it's the people asking to play in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baker saying, stop disrespecting me, man. I was Gibraltar. Well, in that same vein of these small countries, let's give some love to San Marino, shall we? Because they scored a goal against Kazakhstan. They now have goals in two straight games for the first time since 2004. Five. Well done, San Marino. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Sad, I think those were pictures those are of pictures Kazakhstan of, yeah, celebrating. Of Kazakhstan, <laughs> San Marino <laughs> celebrating. It's, it's okay. San Marino. <laughs> yeah, congrats, San Marino. We don't know what you look like. We got no photos of you. But you scored. They a did goal. score. There are very funny 
fan accounts on Twitter of San Marino. They they disguise themselves as the as the San Marino FA, and like Mexico loses to Honduras, and like, hey, we're ready for a match against you guys. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they're very funny. I'm so, into that. San I would Marino, go watch congrats. San Marino versus Gibraltar, though. Would I you? would go, I would 100% go watch that. Absolutely. In Gibraltar. Sign sign me up. Like this in the stands. All right, guys, it's we're gonna take another timeout. <laughs> so this is how it feels to be on the other side, to be a loser at the wagering. Yeah, it's not a good look. So good thing I'm still on top and I'm still the king, everyone. But I have to say, Charlie, listen, buddy, there are three certainties in life, okay? Death, taxes, and never betting against Montserrat's. And then Nico, I think you fall into the same category because anytime Honduras plays in Honduras, they always have a chance to get a result. I don't know how you go with Mexico there. They're so unpredictable. And then, Suze, oh, Alexis, Switzerland just needed a draw mm-hmm. to qualify for the Euros. Mm-hmm. And that's what they played for. And that's what they got. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I had the Dutch scoring a whole bunch of goals against a bad Ireland team. They couldn't make it happen. And I'm not surprised why they haven't won any World Cups. They got so much talent, but they never see it through. And anyway... I'm still glad we have a competition this season. I don't want to get the gap to be too big. You know, that'll be boring for everybody. But I got to keep the suspense alive and well. So I'll see you next week, suckers. Suckers? I mean, yeah. he didn't hit either. He also lost. He also <laughs> lost. Also, Switzerland were playing Kosovo. Like, you know. That you, was crazy. You think. You think. And they dominated. If you look at the stats from the first half, too, like, Switzerland had, like, 98% possession. Uh-huh. Like, they were going to score. So, I, you know what? I still... I'd still make All that bet. I'm angry. That was that was the shot, Chuck. What were the odds? Do you remember the odds of that bet? It had to be like minus thirty-five thousand. Oh, hey, look! Disgusting. Look at look at all of us in the red except for Jimmy Conrad. That just hurts. Hey, me and Nico ain't too far back. No, you guys are. Nico's barely. Like, um, you are $1 in the red. So we were talking about Gibraltar and, uh, and the Liechtensteins yeah. of the world. Suze, mm. guess the population of Montserrat. Montserrat. G- Gibraltar, what did you say Gibraltar was? Was it you say 30? Like, like 30,000 people? Yeah. Okay, so. Guess the population of, that beat the DR. They okay. beat 2 0. They I'm 2 gonna 0 and say, 2 1. I'm going to say it's. 7,000. Less. No. As of 2022. 4,500. 4,390 4, 4, people. Wow. This national team. Like, there are high schools. Well, there's three games. No, there's buildings in New York City with more people than that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm they not picking that up. That's they fact. They lost the Dominican Republic 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> the last three games. Wait a minute. The Each Caribbean game. is you to you what MLS is to Sue's. You can't bet on random Caribbean islands the way Suze can't bet on anyone in a single entity that, system. That was probably the <laughs> upset true. of the year. Look, oh. Easily top 10 upset in soccer Honestly, of the year. You can't get that right. What the hell? Guys, we stink. Yeah. I mean, like, we just, we, we if stink. you talk to 10 people and say DR lost to Montreal, they'd say who? <laughs> On both sides. That's an island? <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are chatting on one of the surprise teams in Europe, uh, Stuttgart, making some noise in the Bundesliga this season. We're diving in after a quick timeout. Jurassic's on side. 
he's made it look so easy. And free header. An afternoon of celebrating for Stuttgart again. The hell is going to be Gilassi to score a hat trick. Oh, my word. Here's labelling and One of the big stories of the European season so far is Stuttgart. So close to relegation last season, they are now sitting in third place in the table. And for a team that has a very rich history in German soccer, uh, this is a, a welcome turnaround for them. 57 years in the Bundesliga, three titles, three Pokal titles. Um, don't look now. Stuttgart kind of flying under the radar. Charlie, we, we think about this team from last year. They had to get through the relegation playoffs in mm -hmm. order to stay up. They were dangerously close uh, to getting relegated. And this year, it's been a complete turnaround. Why have people been sleeping on, on Stuttgart this season? Well, one thing is where they started last season. I mean, they finished at 16th. And so they won the playoff to stay up in the Bundesliga. No one expected them to be competing for a European spot, let alone Bundesliga title. And it starts with their goal scorer, Seru Girassi. 15 goals this season. He's been in fuego, just unplayable. Mm -hmm. And then he suffered a little injury, and then they started to have a couple of hiccups. I mean, they, they lost Heidenheim 2-0, um, which was a surprise. And then they lost to Hoffenheim, which at home, 3-2. And those were the two big matches that have kind of put them off track a little bit. But they just beat Dortmund 2-1 and in a, a game where they completely outplayed Dortmund. So if you're looking at Stuttgart, they are for real. They, they, I expect them to finish top six this season. Um, and, you know, you have Frankfurt, Hoffenheim, Dortmund, Leipzig, Bayern, and Leverkusen. It's a very deep Bundesliga uh, league this season. A lot of competitive teams. But you, you have to love what Sebastian Hunas has done with this group is get them to play aggressive. They're playing higher up the pitch. Mm -hmm. they're, they're feeding Girassi. And when Girassi gets chances, they're scoring. Yeah, my uh, one of my good friends, her husband, is a, is from the Stuttgart area. He's a massive, ah. massive Stuttgart supporter. And he talks very fondly about, you know, the good old days of, of Stuttgart and kind of the rich history that this club has. And that since Hunas has taken over, he came in at the end of last season, got them, in, like prevented them from basically getting relegated. And he said that the way that he sees this team playing is such a hark back to kind of the the, the, gold, the, golden, golden, the golden era. <laughs> and, and he sees that kind of that chemistry and that camaraderie on this team that's been missing for so long. And so Hunas is one of these guys. I, I, I hadn't heard his name and he was at Hoffenheim before he came to, to Stuttgart. But he's only 41 he's years old. He's a young coach. And I think that he he's somebody that we're probably not talking about enough in terms of what he's been able to do for a club in a very short period of time. And we had our conversation about Girona last week. And for me, I almost, I look at, at what Stuttgart has done this season and where they are at, at the table. And I think it's even more, more impressive than Girona because they don't, and they don't have it, that city money it, it as is, well. It is more impressive than Girona, even though what Girona is doing is, is incredible. No mm -hmm. one ever, ever saw that coming to, to be battling relegation last year to all of a sudden being top four in the Bundesliga is impressive. And uh, Sebastian Hunas also had Chris Richards at the U19 side at, 
at Bayern Munich and brought him to Hoffenheim ah. when Chris Richards had his full loan season. Oh, so we like him even more. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he leaves Crystal Palace and, and goes to, to Stuttgart next season. But um, I, I don't know. I, think I feel like they have the, the, the locked, locked down center backs. Japanese international, Yunya Ito, and then Dan Axel Zaga. Yeah, but maybe he leaves after the season because he's huh? been so good. Uh, but they, Stuttgart, is real, we're going to see really what they're made of. Because in the next, next couple of matches, they got Leverkusen. They have Dortmund, Dortmund in the cup. And, and then they have oh. also Bayern? Frankfurt on the road. And then they play Bayern on the road. So the, now we're going to see if they really can compete. And that's when I'll say that it's more impressive than what Girona has done. Because Girona is right. top of the league. At, you know, I mean, I haven't checked the, the standings this weekend. It's international break. They're probably they are top of the league. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, Stuttgart is is playing well and they're playing they're playing well so when we looked at the xg of girona right come on now uh we said that they were playing above what their xg was showing they're playing they're overperforming shukart's actually underperforming just slightly their expected points is actually 24.51 and they're at 24 points so there's a little bit of room there mm -hmm. they're also their field tilt is 61.91 meaning they're really really far up in the opponent's area similar to what uh, charlie said the, but the thing that impresses me most is they're third in the league in touches in the opponent's box and they're also third in expected assist they've got an incredible amount of performance especially out of chris furick I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Absolute incredible, um, you know, performance out of the midfield. It goes to show that this isn't a blip in the a blip in the radar. This isn't a flash in the pan. He, this this coach has them playing in an attractive, full sort of high performance, high press fashion. If they can keep this going, and again, similar to what Charlie said, if these next few matches, we'll see exactly who they are, especially with the Girassi that is, you know, injured. So, Girassi has kind of come out of nowhere. I think he had 11 goals all season last year. He's got yeah. 15 it's already. It's his highest goal-scoring season in it's it, November, and he broke that record, like, in October. Scoring at, at, at an incredible rate. So, we're looking at a guy like Girassi. We're looking at Hunis as a coach. Like, is this sustainable? Do, do we see them moving on elsewhere after these kind of breakout seasons and breakout performances? So I, I, How do you I hang like on to these guys? This, this is, it's a marathon and it's not a sprint, right? And, yeah. and you, you can play what you've created and you can play week upon week. And obviously they're showing something extremely special. Um, I, I'd be curious to see if who will be willing to take on a Girasi who is having a break. How old is how old is I Girasi? I think he's only 27. So uh, this should be his peak. Uh, there's 27. I, I, I have well, I have an is issue like with going further closer to 30 now. With with, with buying hot, with buying when at the market when it's hot, and it, maybe this isn't a one season wonder, mm -hmm. right, for Stuttgart. Maybe for now it's a one semester wonder. Their, their metal will be tested. Um, but there are great signs in the way that they play attractive football. Mm -hmm. uh, they're audacious going forward. You mentioned Florich, also Enzo Millon, who has a great, they have a great triangle between those two attacking players and Girassi. They have a flurry offensively, but again, it's, they're the hot team at the moment. Mm -hmm. and, and in football, I feel like sustainability over a long period of time is more attractive for a suitor of a higher caliber in in the world when you're looking at a Girassi or a Fowich or any of these players or, or a Sebastian Hernes in, in a manager. It's exciting to see I feel like we need, let's draw conclusions in, in You're not pulling in, the trigger then. In, in May. Not now. Yeah. Not now. No, no way. Not mm -hmm. now. 
If, if, you, if you're looking at Victor Boniface, and if you're looking at Girassi, who for you is a, a more complete striker? For, for me, Boniface, right now, I think he gives you a lot, well, the thing is that Girassi right now is giving you a lot too. But from what I've seen from, from Boniface over a season and a half now, um, he's been able to work, work off of the ball. He drops so deep, back turn to goal, and then appears in the box, helps other people play. Not that Girassi this season hasn't been doing that, but uh, he has been doing that, which has been pretty impressive. The, the, the way that he's able, has been able to blossom in the Bundesliga, have his best ever goal scoring mm -hmm. season in no, three remarkable. months. Yeah. Boniface all day though, he's King, younger. Girassi, Boniface, Can three I just say incredible too, strikers. The only bet that I hit on ever <laughs> was about Stuttgart and Girassi scoring. So they automatically hey, have a very go. special place you found in your Bundesliga my heart. I did, I'm all in on Stuttgart. Now you gotta get a Porsche. Don't forget in Stuttgart as well. <laughs> oh, Penda also. The Bundesliga is so fun this year. Yeah, it's it is. If it wasn't for it's Leverkusen, we'd all be talking about Stuttgart a lot more. Mm -hmm. Leverkusen's having a hell of a season. All right, guys, we're going to take a, a break. Lisa's going to join us to chat some WSL when we return. Stay with us, everyone. More recent star, I suppose, is Lauren James, who began the campaign here at Stamford Bridge with a goal against Tottenham Hotspur. You've seen both of those attributes there and an assist. How about that? Welcome to the game. And it's a hat-trick for Lauren James. And Lauren James has the match ball. Forward from range. Arsenal have the game. Allowed to run onto it. Have a look. Set her sights and beat Bagley. Fine goal. Shaw nearly got there and she'll chase that one down. And it's offshore and in. Khadija Shaw may have secured the derby victory for Manchester City. Welcome back. Here's a look at the weekend results in WSL. Chelsea with a huge 5-1 win over Liverpool, Everton and Bristol end in a 2-2 draw. Aston Villa get the 3-2 win over West Ham, Leicester City and Tottenham. 1-1 draw and in the Manchester Derby. City get the 3-1 win over United. For Arsenal, though, a big 3-0 win over Brighton. And right now we are very excited because Lisa Carlin I is at the sit. desk I get to, to chat more <laughs> on this. Um, for Arsenal, big weekend for them. Huge. Beth Mead returns after over 12 months of being out with that ACL injury. Um, how amazing was it to see her back with the squad? And, and what does she bring? How does she change the dynamic there? This was huge for Arsenal. And to get Beth Mead back, this was her first start. She had played in games starting in October. But I think the timeline of it is really cool because November 19th, one year ago, is when she tore her ACL. November 19th is when she gets her first start back with Arsenal. And she does change the game. She adds elements of this Arsenal attack that they frankly have been missing without her. And they've dealt with a lot of injuries. So the fact that this Arsenal side is slowly getting their players back, um, Jonas all head coach, saying that this was a huge step for her. It just adds so much depth and a little bit more competition mm -hmm. in the forward line when you have a player like Mead who is not only going to get minutes, but significant minutes. She came out around the hour mark, and, and that was the eye 
volleyball test, says the coach, uh, which means that she probably could have gone a little bit longer, but they just want to take it easy. You don't want to rush players back. We saw it happen with uh, Viv Miedema. She came back after her ACL injury. Now she's just dealing with a, a minor tweak. You have to be cautious when these players are coming back after such a long time out, but a really big 3-0 win for Arsenal with her back. How big of an emotional boost yeah. is that, too, for the team? One of your leaders, you know, like one of the best players yeah. to, to have her back and see her fully fully fit. Like, what does that do just for the overall kind of, like, vibes on the on the team? Oh, it's good vibes all around because you're, you're training with this player, and uh, we've been injured. You know what it's like when you're playing in those trainings and you are the one that can't fully participate. When you finally get there and you get the start, your team is just so happy for you. Your teammates are so proud of you for how hard you've worked to get back, and that's exactly what shows because since Beth Mead has returned, this was her sixth match with Arsenal, and they've gone six straight wins. So she adds. I mean, it's, in, it's it on matters. the stats there. Seriously, it matters. It's, it's not just made Russo up. Russo starting to get hot. It's a big, big get for them this season. How are the yeah. Arsenal fans feeling about the level of talent on this team this year? They're stacked. They're in second place, and they've had a bunch of injuries. They're clearly stacked. And you've seen the support. They don't always play at the Emirates, but they've practically sold it out the times they have. It seems like a, they've, you know, women's football has sort of turned a corner in England where it's getting a ton mm-hmm. more support. Having big, big names that are mm-hmm. stars for the for the Lionesses is a huge plus in that regard. Yeah, even other internationally. I mean, you look at Blackstinius. This is a player mm-hmm. that got the opening goal for mm-hmm. Arsenal in this match, and that's her fourth goal in four matches. So she's continuously building and on this run. So then when you add Mead back into the mix, it does put a little bit more pressure on these other players to perform and step up because there's only so many starting spots. And when all these players are coming back from injury, we'll continue to see Arsenal grow and build throughout this season. It's still technically early days in the Super League. When you you talk about Arsenal's attack, and and I love – how they have been able to incorporate Beth Mead back mm-hmm. into the lineup and it makes them a little bit more dangerous. But compare that attack to Chelsea's and to Man City's. Who who do you prefer in terms of, of those three attacks? Because, I mean, Lauren James and, and Sam Kerr yeah. at Chelsea, I mean. uh, pretty pretty <laughs> tough to stop. But Man City, I mean, Lauren Hemp, Chloe Kelly, and then Bunny Shaw, that's a, that's a, that's a trio that it can really break down anybody. Just so a, a healthy <laughs> arsenal, I think that's a very different look than what we have now, right? Because Amina is not playing, and she hasn't been. So I... I Chelsea, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Sam Kerr, Lauren James. They've got really big star players, and they're looking to go five in a row and win the Super League. Um, they have that extra, like, uh, I don't know, they puff their chests out, and they're like, yeah, let's get this win. Now, especially with the news of Emma Hayes leaving Chelsea at the end of the year, these Chelsea players are saying, we want to win for her, and not just in the Super League, get we a fifth one. For <laughs> but for Champions League, that. too, they're hoping to lift that first ever Champions League trophy for this team. Uh, Man City, though, They've been struggling. Now, this past weekend was a bounce back and a return for them. Yeah, yeah a big Derby win. Starting to get their swag back. I don't know if you saw Chloe Kelly posted a mm-hmm. picture of herself shushing. Oh, oh, do we have? Oh, do we have yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, I think she put the caption. Uh, Never much love when we go OT. <gasps> Throwing a Drake lyric in there. All she needs is one dance, she said, bro. I mean, (laughs) she got a big assist in that game, too. It's a big 3-1 Manchester derby. It wasn't really OT, though. It's in your own city. But maybe that's a shot at Old Mm -hmm. Trafford not really being in Manchester. There's levels to it. OT, Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, there it is. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's what I think it was. (laughs) I don't know. I'm reading. The original lyric was in Old Trafford, obviously. But yes, you're right. Exactly. That's (laughs) I think she played on that. Wavy. That's wavy. You don't think Drake was singing about Old Trafford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a 
know he's a very big fan. Um, I like that. I like that energy. And also, that to me are the types of things that, you know, from my experience interviewing players, both on the men and the women's side, I tend to say you get a lot more personality from the players on the women's side. They're just a mm -hmm. little bit better in front of camera, a little bit better on the microphone. And those are the types of things that well, you do that start to break past uh, the football. Alexis, it's, oh, out of, it it's out of necessity that these players have to have a bit more swagger. I mean, after the goals that came for City, um, it's Chloe Kelly. She runs in front of the United fans and she starts cheering in front of them. As women's players, they've had to create a bit of a stir off the field. Mm -hmm. That way they get attention. I love it's, it. Uh, it works, though. Speaking and it happens. 43,615 people at Old Trafford for that Manchester huge. Derby, which is massive. I mean, it's just such a – it's so exciting to see these huge crowds turning up for, for the women's game overseas because we've seen it here. And now that it's kind of trickling into to Europe – Super exciting, Lisa. It's, it's been a, a big match for the players and for the teams, but the fact that the fans are buying into the rivalry, it helps when you're on the field. That way, Chloe Kelly can go to the supporters and, and taunt them, essentially, yeah. and, and throw, throw, like, respect on the city crest and continue to roll with it. This was a really big win for Man City because they had lost two previously in a row, and no Super League team has ever won the, the title losing more than two games. So Gareth Taylor saying, hey, we have to go undefeated the rest of the season. And it starts with one of the biggest rivalries mm. of the year for them. And they come from behind. They almost go down 2-0 at some point during this game. And they continue to climb back into it with a variety of ways to get their goals, which is something we hadn't really seen from City throughout the season so far. Love it. Great stuff. You're going to be on Box to Box later. Yes, and, I will. Uh, there's going to be some, some news regarding the U.S. Women's National Team. Some we have roster, a roster coming. Roster drops. Ooh. Lisa's got you covered. Uh, here's a look at your Monday footy fix. Euro qualifiers will see North Macedonia take on England. Ukraine taking on Italy. Slovenia face Kazakhstan. And the Czech Republic will take on Moldova. All those matches at 2.45 p.m. And then in CONCACAF Nations League, we've got Aruba versus Cayman Islands. Montserrat, your favorite. That's your team, Chuck. Barbados <laughs> <laughs> and Yay. Dominica versus Turks and Caicos at 2 p.m. You watch those on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, Charlie. It's okay. No, it's Shake not it okay. off. It's a new week. Can't believe uh, Kazakhstan is in UEFA. Okay, so Nico, as we do on this show, Nico's done a, a deep dive into what Dominic Schoboschlei was actually drinking here. What is it? I had to look it up because it had to have some cultural significance. He wasn't just taking a shot for the sake of shots. It's palinka. It's a fruit-based liquor that is produced and only what kind produced. Of fruit? And it can be anything. It can be like uh, plums, grapes. Um, but it's it's specifically to Hungary. You can't produce palinka anywhere outside so of Hungary. So we can't get it here. So it's not like we, we could get like a palinka it in shot. It's between 75 and 172 proof. Proof. How much? Proof. 75 to 100 percent proof? To a 75 to 172 proof, which is which double the alcohol. Which means you drink it and you go. Woo! Yeah, so that was wildly <laughs> impressive for him to just. Whip. And he's like, all right, let me give it a like, he's, like he's never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> Any liquor that comes in a small bottle like that, stay away from. I get, go get it in Queens. It has to be in Queens and bring I'll get some. some. You I'll can get tell. for me and all my homies. That burned. <laughs> yeah. That burned going down. It wasn't for that real. good burn. Round of Palenka. You know? Nah, nah. Um, guys, <laughs> thanks so much for watching today. Enjoy all the matches. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.